Blog Talk Radio. Theoretically, my show, but there are three other voices. They have their own opinions. 
It is not the opinion of anyone from Blog Talk Radio who I pay to host my platform. It is not the position of my employer. I'm not going to say their name. Some of you listening may know who I work for. Um, this, this has nothing to do with them. This is me talking. Please absolve my, if you don't like what you're about to hear or if it rubs you the wrong way, then come at me. My employer has zero to do with this. I am working, gainfully employed, and this is my lunch break that I'm taking to, to address the world. Um, just, for, just, for, just to throw that out there, not that I need to explain all of that. This is just me talking. That's it. Um, of course, when I do that, I lose my train of thought, so I don't even remember where I was. But um, I've had a lot of discussions about the looting, the rioting. Yeah, that's where I was. And people that I respect, people that, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, good things to say about are supporting the looting and the rioting. It's shocking to me that people that I would never expect to endorse it have said, yeah. And maybe it's semantics. Maybe it's because what I've said is I get it. I understand the anger. I understand why you would want to, but I don't understand doing it. Because in most cases, you're doing it in communities that have minority-owned businesses. The people have worked hard to, to build, and in, and in you know, one swift instance, they're gone. You know, someone that I know very well said, well, they have insurance. They'll be rebuilt. Doesn't, no, not necessarily. There's no guarantee that, you know, I, I, was, I was in New Orleans, um, you know, many times after Katrina, and a good number of those businesses never came back. Never. So you can't just assume that they'll just, it's that easy to be rebuilt. And with the work that I've done in my career, I know firsthand what it takes to build and rebuild communities. And, you know, I, you know, I had someone else that I respect say, it's not about that. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, and, and, and actually said that I was um, privileged, never been called in my entire life, and kind of implied that I didn't get it. Um, my mother will remind me that we lived in public housing when I was a, a little boy, you know, and no one gave my parents anything. They worked hard, planned, and you know, bought not one but two houses that me and my brother grew up in. Um, no one gave me anything. I was raised by good parents who taught me and my brother right from wrong. And me and my brother worked hard, educated ourselves, and, you know, have gotten to the point where we can provide for our families. But we're not, we don't come from, there's no, there's no wealth in our family other than what we've created. There's no, we don't have any, nobody handed anything down to us. You know, it doesn't work that way. It hasn't worked that way. And so, I get how hard it is to build and create. And do you want to honor a man who was murdered by police officers through destruction? And I, and I understand you want to get people's attention, especially the powers that be. You want to get their attention. But I remember the Rodney King incident, kind of the, the, the biggest incident of our era because it was, it was probably the caught on video. Stuff's been going on. You know, but we didn't have video to catch it. So it was, you know, person A word against person B and, you know, person A is a minority. So there's no credibility. Person B is law enforcement. So, but you could listen to old Richard Pryor albums from the seventies and he would talk about police brutality. 
And his, his exact words were, y'all don't believe it because it don't happen in your neighborhood. That's a quote from Richard Pryor. Okay? 40, 50 years later, it's exactly the same thing. So this thing going on. But now we've got cameras everywhere. And we can whip out a cell phone in, in seconds and record stuff legally. Like it is perfectly permissible to publicly record. Cops can't even stop you from doing it. So we are now exposing what's been going on. And I get the anger. I'm angry too. How do you think I felt when I heard that the guy's last name was Floyd, my last name? How do you think I felt when my mom texted me and said his brother's name is Terrence? So I'm hearing Terrence Floyd and the Floyd name every day. Now, no, no relation, just be clear, that we know of. I mean, who knows? Uh, I, I think it's unlikely, but no relation that, you know, that we are aware of. But it, it affects me to hear that a Floyd was murdered this way. Even if he's not my family, he's still my brother. I call all black men my brother. I call all black women my sister. And, heck, there's a lot of people that aren't black that I will call my brothers and sisters because we jive, we, we vibe, we, we vibe, not jive, we vibe. And so to hear that this brother was murdered like this and to see the videotape, it tears me up too. And anyone who knows me knows, heck, if you've listened to the show, <laughs> do I sound like someone who takes things lying down and lets people walk all over me? And do I come across that way on the Madden voice? Because I don't. So I have as much frustration as the next person. But I can't go out into the street and fight this battle because we've been doing that, and where are we? So that's not my solution. And and I'm not going to judge the ones that did it sincerely out of frustration, not the ones who saw it as an opportunity to, you know, steal and rob and all that. No, the ones who actually are frustrated. I would just ask you, you know, that target that you ransacked, it's probably never coming back to that community. That bank that you, you know, stole, you know, things from, it's probably never coming back to that community. You know, the little bodegas that are nice and convenient, the little corner store that has fresh fruits and vegetables, probably the only store in that community that gets fresh fruits and vegetables regularly. The bulk of those businesses more than likely ain't coming back. Some will rebuild. And some will be replaced. Really worth it. Could we not have done what we're doing right now and peacefully protested all over the country, all over the world? Could we not have sent the same message instead of destroying our own stuff? I don't see anybody going up Beverly Hills and, you know, or Rodeo Drive, right? We all hear about, I've never been there, but we all hear about Rodeo Drive, you know, wealthy community, uh, you know, with uh, upscale, uh, you know, shops. and I don't see nobody going down there and looting and rioting. Why is that? And instead, we go right to the neighborhood where this, this young man and his family and, you know, people that look just like me support every day, that every day, living their lives. And we go there and we loot and we riot. I don't, I don't see it. And I'm sorry. I will never see it. I'm not going to judge it. I just wish it wouldn't happen. And for me, I'm going to continue to fight what I've been doing for 25 years is fighting for the little man and leveling the playing fields and helping to build communities 
do what I do. I'm not going to get into that right now because, you know, I really want to keep some things separate. But I'm going to still do what I do. And like I told the guy that I got into it who called me and Uncle Tom, you know, if you want to compare histories and you tell me how many low-income families you've helped in your life, and I'll tell you how many I've helped, and I'll put my resume up against anybody. That's how I fight back is I help people that may not understand what they can do, and I help them get there. May not understand that they can go back to school. I help them get there. May not understand that they can be a homeowner. I help them get there. May not understand that they can start a small business. I help them get there. I hate to see anything that takes that stuff or damages that stuff. And, and I, again, I understand. I'm angry, too. I am. But there is, there is, a, there is a better way. I think there is. And I know there's a lot of people that are going to say, no, there isn't. We've tried to be nice. We've tried to talk. Heck, I, I think the biggest example for me that supports, unfortunately, looting and rioting is Colin Kaepernick. Right? That's why I titled the show. Can you hear us now? That man said, I'm going to kneel because of police. He specifically identified police brutality in the black communities. And he got, lost his career. It was the biggest, to this day, probably the biggest, other than COVID, which has been worldwide, the biggest topic, period, that we've had in this society. To kneel, not to kneel, disrespecting the flag, that, that bunch of bull, bull jives. And, you know, why do you have to disrespect the flag and, you know, all of that? I had someone on my Facebook who, uh, I would never have considered this person a friend. He was someone I was friendly with. I don't use the word friend to describe everybody that I'm friendly with. Because I'm friendly with you doesn't make you my friend. It just makes you someone that I'm friendly with. And until you piss me off, I'll stay friendly with you. But there's one person blocked me after posting some garbage about this, this murder of George Floyd, Floyd ain't about race. How can anybody walk in this planet not see the four white men that killed this man and say that it's not about race. How can you see the number of times that we've had to deal with this and say it's not about race? People are begging this man, take your knee off his neck. He can't breathe. The guy's just sitting there with a stupid grin on his face. A good three minutes before he finally let up. The body stopped moving. There was no more motion. At some point in there, he expired. And you're going to tell me it's not about race. I'm glad he blocked me, this person that I'm friendly with. And I look forward to running into you one day out and about because you and I will have some words. I will say to you what I say to you on Facebook. That's how I do what I do. I'm angry. I'm not going to go out there and fight nobody. I'm not going to go out there and rob or loot or do any of the things that are counterproductive. But as my good man, my good friend, E, he knows who he is. I'm not going to throw his name out there because he didn't, he, didn't, uh, he didn't tell me to. Uh, looking at my switchboard. Oh, hold on a second. This might be my brother. Hold on a second. Welcome to the Madden Voice. J.D.? Of course. Ain't no might be. Hey, as, as one of our family members used to say, hey, man. Hey, man. 
I, I just happened to look down. I didn't expect anybody to call in, so I wasn't paying attention. I just happened to look, and uh, and man, couldn't ask for anybody else to, to jump in in here with me. Well, I've been talking for uh, about fifteen straight minutes, man. I, I'll pause, man, and let you get in and, and and get some stuff off your chest. Well, and it's funny. I just noticed on Facebook that you're about to go on, and um, it was like just random looking at it. So I guess the timing is perfect because right now with work, I'm kind of stuck in the middle of something that I can't get out of. So, um, and I just really listened for the last three or four minutes. So it's not like I've been on for the full 15 that you were going, but um, one, I appreciate you using the platform to get out there and speak regardless of who's um, phoning in or listening in or what have you. Personally, I'm angry too. I'm even more disgusted, and and I think you know where I'm going to go with this. We yeah. just lost a, a dear, a dear family member and and our, and our uncle, and mm-hmm. and he's best friends with our father, and and I can just imagine both of them with everything that they have gone through in their lives to see what's going on now. That it would it would. They throw up in their mouth. They're turning over right now because it's 2020, and it's still the same things that are going on, just in a different way. And, and it's still the same thing that's going on back in the 50s and 60s in their era. It's just different now. I mean, it, it's like driving a car. Had cars back in the 60s and 50s, but got the same cars now. They just got more technology behind them. They're just more efficient. There's just there's just different ways of getting from point A to point B. And what I'm saying is. In a lot of ways, nothing has changed over the last 50, 60 years. Nothing has changed. Through all the shootings, through all the, the uh, killings of unarmed black men and women, to having Drew Brees speak out yesterday and then obviously have to back up with what he was saying today. As, as angry as I am, I'm just more disgusted, and I'm probably on top of all that more disappointed more disappointed that folks don't realize truly what's going on these days, more disappointed that folks don't realize the level of, of being uncomfortable that the majority has feel right, is feeling right now. That's what we've had to deal with for, for, for generations. So when I look at the looting that goes on, that, that's unfortunate, but I also I, I understand why I just I don't like that part of it because it's taking away from the true cause of what's going on, which is folks getting killed that are minorities, folks getting uh, their lives taken by by police officers, and that's not to say all police officers are bad. That's just like saying not all black folks are bad. We we all get that, but there's a a few folks out there where that old saying goes, one bad apple spoils the bunch. And that's really what's taking place now. To add further fire to all of this, you've got a president that continuously fans the flames of what's going on, continues the divide that had already taken place prior to even being in office. This, this country, even though it elected a black president for two terms, was still a divided country. Now you've taken that divide and you've made it even wider. So on all levels of what's going on, I'm I'm disappointed, I'm disgusted, and I'm angry. Um, yeah, I'm 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 with you. 
Um, a lot there to unpack. Um, you know, I didn't get to the president yet. Um, but let me touch on Drew Brees. Um, I think by now, if you're listening to this show, whether you're listening live or whether you're doing um, podcasts, um, you, you know that Drew Brees kind of was asked about if if um, NFL players went back to kneeling, how would he feel about it? And he made a very definitive, defiant. I don't. I don't support anything that disrespects the flag, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and then he received a, a large backlash, including his own teammates. Um, you know, why he would say that, knowing Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins is on your team now, is beyond me. Because <laughs> you think he wants to take that line down? He did not. Michael Thomas and others, but just you know, around the NFL, around the NFL, around sports, and you know, LeBron James. Um, you know, a lot of people commented and. Drew this morning walked back his statements and apologized. And, um, and I tweeted that we should forgive Drew because he doesn't have a history of this. And he actually has a history of being, you know, very supportive of low-income communities. They've done a lot in New Orleans, NFL Man of the Year in 06. And, you know, so he doesn't have a history of this. And, and I do and I do agree that we should forgive him and move on because we don't want this to be the topic. This isn't Spending a lot of time on Drew Brees ain't going to fix the issue. Um, but I will say this. It is unfortunate that a man that I had so much respect for, that's always been one of my favorite quarterbacks, and, and not just because he plays the game so damn well, but because of his thoughtful nature of how he approaches controversy and being one of the faces of the league and the fact that he didn't, wasn't sensitive to what's going on as you speak. And maybe this wasn't the time. Believe and feel. I tell people this all the time. Believe what you want. Feel what you want. Think what you want. But when you're about to open your mouth, just ask yourself, is this appropriate? Is, is this relevant? Is this the right time? And sometimes you may find this ain't the right time. True, this was not the right time. This really wasn't to make yourself a part of the story instead of part of the solution. And that's what he did. And, I, and, I, and, I, and again, I think we should forgive him because you don't have a history of it. But I, I don't know what's going to happen with the upcoming season because I don't know that you could mend these fences that quickly. I don't know that a Malcolm Jenkins and some of these guys that are up in, you know, front and center representing the NFL and dealing with this struggle, um, and you sent the message that you're more concerned about the flag than you are about you know, oppression, racial oppression, I don't know if you can come back from that, frankly. I don't. We can move on as fans because, you know, we, we forgave, I mean, <laughs> Michael Vick, you know, he came back and, you know, had a great season after the, he had a great career, you know, continued his career, made a lot more money, you know, and there's been other NFL players that have done some pretty nasty things and we forgave them and they came back. So we can forgive this. It'll be interesting to see what happens between now and game one, you know, do, do, does, you know, does it actually heal up or does it get worse? And, do we end up hearing a, all of a sudden a retirement from Mr. Breeze? Remember that was rumored, and then he said he was coming back to play another year? I mean, he ain't got nothing else to prove other than to win a second Super Bowl. So let's, um, let's see what happens. And as far as Donald Trump, I mean, you know, this country elected the man after eight years of Obama. You know, I mean, uh, Hillary should have won that election in a walk. You know, Obama took this country from the brink of, of a depression. The world economy was about to collapse. 
There were no jobs. Your, your, your retirement plan was in the toilet bowl. I mean, and in eight years, you know, the economy was thriving again. The, com- the country was respected again. Um, you know, we, we were on the right track. We were, we were, he, he turned things around. But the one thing I don't think Obama did effectively was address this stuff. I really don't. And maybe he couldn't because he's a black man in the White House. But whatever the reason was, I don't think he did enough here. Being honest, love Obama. Love Obama. I think this was his shortcoming. And now we've got a guy who could give two craps about us. He don't care. What Kanye West said about George Bush, George Bush don't care about black people. No, Kanye. It's Donald Trump that don't care about black people. Never has, never will. Don't anybody send me pictures of him with Jesse Jackson or him with Al Sharpton. That was 100 years ago. Today, he don't care. And he's proven it. He came out. And anybody, if you watch the speech he gave before he went and did his little stupid photo op in front of the church. Listen to the speech. Where was his denouncement of, you know, what's been going on in, in, in the black community, the, the murder of this officer? Where was his denouncement of it? No, his denouncement was of the looting and the rioting. And, and you know, if, if governors don't step up and do the right thing, he will, which he, he really can't. He really can't, but he's saying that he will. Yeah, the man, the man is he's a zero. This country might be stupid enough to reelect him in November. So we might have four more years of this buffoon because there are people out there that actually support him. They think he's, he's been the best president ever. Oh, you know, he's a little rough around the edges and maybe he shouldn't tweet so much, but you know, I got my $1,200 stimulus check, so I'm good. Yeah. So we have a tragedy. We watched a murder. And every president that I can remember, Obama, Bush one and two, Clinton, uh, Ford, Reagan, all would have came out. I don't give a hoot whether you believe it or not. You're in this position. We all have to do things that are in our job description that we may not like. I don't care if Trump actually doesn't mean it, because I know he doesn't. But now, he don't even say it. He's not even faking the funk anymore. Y'all have given him the platform to get up there and show who he truly is and support that. And y'all the same people that denounced Colin Kaepernick for taking the name. Can you hear me now? Can you hear us now? Because all Colin Kaepernick said was, it's going to change, and I'm, I'm not going to sit down and pledge allegiance to a country that still does this. That's what he said four years ago. How do you look now? Peaceful protests on the sideline of the NFL game, and all hell came, came loose. Now we've got riots. Everywhere And y'all don't like that either So let me ask y'all a question My Facebook friend Who posted that You should not kneel during the national anthem It's disrespectful And this Facebook friend served our country Grew up with him Same age as me Grew up, went to school together for many years Grammar school through high school And he made a point to post on my wall 
that you should not be kneeling during the national anthem. So you don't want us to kneel during the national anthem. You don't want us to loop. What, what, what are you giving us permission to do? Notice my choice of words. What are you giving us permission to do? Protesting is not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to make you feel some kind of way. And Mr. Military Person, who I grew up with, you have been in at least one war that you said you, you were a part of. You protected this country so that I have the right to make that decision that you don't like. But it still was your job to defend that choice. It was your job. Read your oath. Defend the Constitution. And so I have a right to go outside and burn a flag. Now, I, I wouldn't do that. Not my style. But guess what? I have that right. Your job is to defend that right. Not just to defend the rights that you agree with. Not defend the rights that make you feel good. No, all of my rights, including the right to take a knee, including the right to peacefully, I don't deal with the violence, protest against a black man that happened to share me and my brother's last name, murdered for everyone to see. And the cops could care less. Oh, they care now because they're in jail. They care now. Because there's a chance that they may stay in jail for a very long time. They didn't care when they were, when they were there, you know, the, the protect and serve. Who did you protect and who did you serve? They didn't care. But y'all want me to care. And this is where, Jay, I kind of understand the rioting and the looting a little bit. But y'all want me to care about your stuff. I don't mean my people. I mean their stuff. You want me to care about your stuff, but you don't care about my life. You could give two hoots about my life. That's hard, bro. That's hard. And when does it stop? And who does? And you know how? Like we we have all these conversations, and you know all this money gets. You know we're going to contribute to this fund and to this group, and you know we're going to hear. Uh, Reverend Al is going to be at the service today, and I'm sure he's going to say some very powerful words. He's a great speaker. Whatever you want to, you know, say about his past, he's got a long history of fighting this stuff. Jesse Jackson, don't see him as much, but, you know, he's getting older, so you don't see him as much. But these guys have have a great history. I don't know who our next, who the heir apparent is. Is it Obama? Is it somebody else? I don't know. We're going to hear all the right words. But when do we get the change? When does something happen? You know, thank you, Keith Ellison, Minnesota Attorney General, black man, for making the charges more aggressive. Thank you. Because that original bullshit was just that. But when do we get real change? When do we come up with something that really is a deterrent? You know, for instance, I'm not advocating for this, but you know what? You're in law enforcement, you murder, considered a federal hate crime, life in prison. Maybe the death penalty. You want to murder someone, you lose your life too. If we can prove that it was intent or indifference, same thing to me. You, you, you possibly can face the death penalty depending on, you know, what state you're in. What about that? What about a predictive you know, we got, we got everything else, right? You want to go work for a company 
They, they, they have you do a test to see your likelihood of being successful. You want to go to college, they have you do a test to see your likelihood of being successful. You want to get in the military, they have you do a test to see your likelihood of being successful and your temperament to deal with the military. Right? We've got everything else. Do we have law enforcement? Take a test. I don't mean an aptitude test. Personality profile that would predict someone's insensitivity when dealing with low-income people or people of color. Do we have that? The answer to the question, by the way, is no, we do not. So why don't we create something like that that law enforcement could use immediately or catch a red flag because Officer, Officer Timpson, man, he's predisposed to you know, racial bias. Why? Because we, produ- we produce this test that gives us a pretty good shot at being able to predict it. Would it be perfect? Probably not. Would it be something to help? Absolutely. Where are the answers is my question. Where are the solutions? I'm not hearing solutions. I'm just hearing a lot more talk. And God forgive me, JB, and I'm going to let you get back in. If these dudes get off, if these four guys don't get convicted, because we have seen this before, and these guys don't get convicted, Lord help us. Lord help this country. You think what we saw was bad? You think 92 with Rodney King was bad? You think the Watts riots were bad? I'm going to tell you now, it's going to be worse than we've ever seen in this country if these guys don't get convicted. Jay, what you got? Anything? Anything to add? Every major city in this country will, will be ablaze if that happens. Every single one, every single state, and this is getting close to the, this is actually getting into the suburbs now because we had issues here in Atlanta. There's a mall about ten minutes from here. They were looting in the mall, and, and I'm in the, the the metro Atlanta area, but I'm in the suburbs. I'm in the north northeast side. Every major city will be burned if that happens, and that's my yep. biggest fear because, as you stated. We have seen it before. There is a precedence for this. This is something that wouldn't be the first time we've ever seen it. This has happened in the past. And it's one thing to be charged with murder, which in my opinion, I don't know why it took so long. I don't know even know why the guy got third degree. I said second degree as soon as it came up. As soon as I saw the video, I went in and I took a look to see what the difference is between first, second, and third. I said, this is, this is second. By all means, it's a second. And to make matters worse, the, the, the medical examiner for the state said that it was death by some, some other circumstances. It took an independent medical examiner to say, no, he died because he couldn't breathe. And he couldn't breathe because he had the weight of a 200-some-odd-pound man, his knee on his neck, for over eight minutes. And then he went unconscious, and it was still on there for another additional three minutes. That's why he passed away. That's why he died. That's why he was murdered in front of everybody to see. That's second-degree murder right there. And it's like I said, it's great that they got the charges, but it doesn't stop there. That's, justice has truly not been served yet. Justice will truly be served when they're found guilty on all charges and they have to serve out the entire term, not get out six months later for good behavior, none of that stuff. It should be, a, and when they set bail, it should be no bail set. 
You want justice. You want change. You want people to actually know there's a difference and see the 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 the, the change is coming and the tide is is switching direction. Do do the right thing. And I'm talking to the to the system now. The system that has basically deemed us inept in, in every potential capacity. I'm talking to the system now. System, you got to do the right thing. You've got to go ahead and now put your knee down on that proverbial head and do what's right. If you want change to take place, do what's right. If you want these looting and these rioting and and protests, be it uh, violent or peaceful, do what's right. You want America to change to be the America it's supposed to be, do what's right. Charge them, that's one, and make sure that they are charged and and found guilty and serve the entire term. Anything short, we still have issues. We still have problems. So the system has to also do what's right. You know, when you speak of the system, there should be, in this particular situation, and I don't know, I haven't looked close enough to see if there's any chance of them being out on on, um, bail pending the trial. I hope not. They should be, they should be in jail until the trial. But at the same time, I, I, you know, the Constitution, I believe it's the Constitution that gives us the right to a, spe- a speedy trial. I don't know when in the world speedy meant a year or two. Speedy trial to me should be 90, 120 days. I mean, right. how much investigation do you need? This, this trial Agreed. should happen this year. And, and I had to look it up because I couldn't remember which murder that the cop got off, but it was Orlando um, um, Castillo. The, the gentleman, another videotape murder who was in the car with his woman and he was reaching for his identification, told the cop he was reaching for his identification because the cop asked for it, told the cop he had a gun in the car, which, you know, common sense. If the guy tells you he's got a gun in the car, he's not going to reach for it. He's letting you know, I do have a licensed weapon in the car, which is for anyone who has ever gotten a permit, that is what you're supposed to do. If you have a weapon on you or in your vehicle and you're pulled over, one of the first things you're supposed to do is let the officer know that you have a weapon in your car. They may ask for it. They may want to secure it during a traffic stop. They may ask to see your permit. Um, you know, if everything's legal, you'll get it right back. But, you know, and, and every, off, every police officer has options on how they handle that situation. But your job, if you own a weapon and you're stopped by law enforcement, is to let them know that you have a weapon. That's what he did. And he's reaching for his license, and he gets blown away. And the cop who did it was acquitted. He was acquitted. So let us not think because we have it right on, you know, camera. It's not. And that's why I say, here's here's the thing. Did the officer, the one who shot Mr. Castillo, uh, have reason to fear that he was reaching for a gun that he had acknowledged having with him when he was pulled over by the officer. No! Told you he had the gun. He told you he was reaching. I mean, the video on YouTube. The video's on YouTube. Unless they took it down because it is kind of rough. And, and the cop gets acquitted. So, don't, hey, anything's possible here. If this, these four guys get acquitted, look out. But to me, let's get to the trial. We don't need this to drag on for years. Let's go. 90, 120 days. You know, by the time, uh, you know, summer's winding down, we're getting in the fall, you know, we should have a date set, and it should be this year. Let's roll. Let's go. 
And if there is compelling evidence out there somewhere that we haven't seen, then let's see it. The local district attorney said that there were more evidence that led him to believe those lesser charges were the correct one. And that probable cause may have been in place. And as quickly as he got those words out of his mouth is as quickly as the case was taken out of his jurisdiction and given to the state attorney general. Because they're like, oh, no, uh-uh, mm-mm. no, this ain't going to work, bro. You know, you had a chance to do the right thing, Mr. District Attorney. And this ain't all about, you know, this is, this is America we live in, right? You do the right thing. You're doing interviews and you have book stuff for years to come. By doing the right thing. By clearly seeing that these guys murdered this man and doing your job, you probably, after this trial, can retire. I'm not saying that that should be his motivation. I'm saying he, did, he, did, he was so concerned with doing the wrong thing, and look what happens. Bruh, it's murder. Sorry. Everybody can see it. So if you go into that with saying, as, just as Attorney General Keith Ellison has said, hey, those charges weren't enough. It was very clear to my office and the people that we talked with that the charges um, need to be higher. We will get justice from Mr. Floyd. His words. That's all I got to say. Bro, you got my attention. We will get justice. He's not saying anything out of line. We will get justice. And this dude blows it. And this is the system, JB. This is the system. We got to sit here and rely on the system, the same system that incarcerates more people of color disproportionately, the same system that, you know, we're talking about the murder, but let's, let's not forget all the other things that goes on to people of color that are done by law enforcement. And now we've got to count on this same system to convict those four men. Don't hold your breath. I hope it happens, but it would not surprise me one bit if something, something shakes and you can't get a conviction. would not surprise me. And Lord help us if these four guys don't get convicted. Lord help this country. Because I'll tell you what, I don't know what I'm going to do at that point, to be honest with you. And you know what? This damn president gets reelected. Talking with a friend of mine yesterday. This damn president gets reelected. I honestly, honest to God, like seriously, you know, they say America, love it or leave it. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's Siri. For some reason, Siri was triggered. Um, America, love it or leave it. I don't know because honestly, he has so much power and so much ability to just calm things down, and he doesn't do it. He has the ability to calm everybody down, speak on behalf of victims, be compassionate, you know, the Floyd family. I don't think he has. I mean, if I'm wrong, forgive me. I haven't seen it. But he certainly has said enough about the looters and the rioters and how he's going to, uh, you know, shoot them and National Guard and all of that. He, he's addressed that. No different than his response to COVID. I don't care if everybody gets sick again. We're going to restart the economy. Because, see, I'm about to go and get, to try to get reelected, and if the economy's in the shitter, then no one's going to vote for me. So I don't give a flying flop about you and your family. 
What I care about is getting people back to work, not because he wants people working, because he wants the economy to thrive. So then he could say, well, look what happened. We were shut down for three or four months. But guess what? I got the economy going again. Please reelect me. I got everybody back to work. Please reelect me. Doesn't address the fact that it took him a month or actually longer, but we'll give him a month to actually do anything relevant to address this. This guy is problem. And every time something happens, we have a crisis in this country. We look to our leaders, our leaders, local community leaders, state level leaders and federal leaders for guidance. That's why they're in those positions. And every time we look for this president to do something productive, he fails miserably. Please let these men get convicted. Please. Unless, God willing, God forgive me, if there's something we've missed, you know, then, then more than that eight minutes and 46 seconds of garbage that we see played over and over again, if there's more that we've missed, please then let us see this. But I don't think there is. I think we know what happened. There was nothing that went on in that time that would lead to this man being murdered, being the solution, for four men to have him subdued especially the neck on the throat, the man's crying for his mama. He's saying, you're going to kill me. Like, think of, I don't have a script, so I'm just talking, but I just, just think about it for a minute. Think about that being you and somebody under whatever circumstances, whatever the circumstances are, that it's even law enforcement. You, you get in the words with somebody, and y'all go at it, and they put you in a chokehold. And they're choking the life out of you. And you're saying to them, okay, you got me. You win. You win. And they're not stopping. And there's nothing you can do about it. And you literally feel the life seeping out of your body. And there's nothing you can do. And they just won't relent. Now, I'm talking about you getting into a street fight with somebody. I'm not talking about police officers that's job are to protect and serve the community having his knee on your neck. And you're begging to please let me, you know, please stop. I can't breathe. You're going to kill me. And the guy's just sitting there with a stupid grin on his face, like a smirk. Watch the video. I'm not making this up. Look at the facial expression of Garvin. Look at his face while he's doing it. Even when one of the police said to him, you think we should let him up? He said no. Somebody said that to him. One of the guys that were there, he says, no. His body for the last three minutes was lifeless. So he passed out doing it. He died. Something's got to change. Something's got to change now. I'll say it again. I'm glad that, you know, Mr. Terrence Floyd said what he said. I think it was powerful. I think it was needed. It, it brought me back to Rodney King in 92, um, saying, you know, the famous, can't we all get along? You know, he, he was not an eloquent speaker at all, but, you know, the powers that be said, you're the only one that could speak up. You were the one whooped by all those officers. You were the one that was beaten. And if you don't approve of the rioting, then why would they continue? We need you to speak up because this ain't going to stop. And he spoke up. I remember watching it live 
wasn't very eloquent. He wasn't a speaker. He wasn't a public speaker. But he said what he needed to say, and guess what? It worked. Well, let's fast forward 30 years, almost 30 years, and God bless Terrence Floyd for speaking up. But where do we go from here? That's what everybody needs to ask themselves. Where do we go from here? You know, Breonna Taylor, God rest her soul, cops barge into the wrong apartment and murder her in her own bed looking for a suspect. Murder her in her own bed. Lovely young black woman, murdered. The gentleman, I'm sorry his name escapes me because it's been Floyd-centric for the last couple of weeks, but the gentleman who was, um, you know, just walking down the street and was confronted by these uh, two, was two, but now three people that thought that he, you know, because he was running, had robbed something. Because black man can't just be running down the street, right? He, he must have. He must have done something he shouldn't have done, and he gets murdered. Where do we go from here? And I know I'm sitting up here doing a lot of talking. My brother's done some talking. I, I, I've done this to kind of heal because I'm in pain. My brother's in pain. A lot of black people are in pain. This is my outlet. But once we get past the pain, it's back to the anger. What's next? What's the solution? Because I'm not in the mood for a lot of talk. A lot of yin yang, a lot of a lot of theoretical. What we need to do, I want a hardcore. What's the next step? What do we do? They're going to have the service, so we're going to wrap this up shortly because the service is going to be coming on. Um, you know, my employer is doing a a moment of silence um, just before the service, which I can I thoroughly appreciate and I will participate in. Um, moment of silence for eight minutes and forty six seconds. But what's next? You know, when we had nine eleven. Look at all the things that changed from 9-11. The world was never the same after 9-11. Terrible tragedy. Look at the things that have been changed because of COVID. So, I don't know. I'm I'm putting this tragedy and this murder up on the same level. We made a lot of changes after 9-11. We made a lot of changes and are still making changes because of COVID. What are we going to do differently tomorrow? What's going to change? How do we make this go away? And I fear there won't be any change. I fear there's going to be a lot of talking. A lot of talking. Lots of talking. But no policy change. You know, no, no nothing, uh, uh, you know, changing in the laws or changing in policy or changing tra- training techniques or tactics. Someone said maybe we need a national czar, the czar of the police department. Like, you know, the police department's all funneled up to this one guy. I could see where that would make sense. But then on the other hand, if that guy is part of the whatever administration is in charge, then it's hit or miss. No different than anyone else in the cabinet is hit or miss. Ben Carson, Secretary of HUD, he's a surgeon. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I don't know if that does it or not, but something – Something has to give. I would encourage everybody to think about that. Everybody. What changes? What would you do? What would I do differently tomorrow if I was in charge? In charge of what? Anything that has to do with racial oppression. What could you do differently? Starting tomorrow, what can you do differently? Because if we don't do it, it ain't going to happen. 
Jay, your final thoughts, comments on any of this? Um, final thoughts and comments. One, to back up, it was uh, Ahmad Arbery is the person that you're referring you. to. That happened right Ahmad here. In, in, I, couldn't get the, I couldn't get the last name because I hear Ahmad. I think no, Ahmad no. is shot. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's okay. That's because, and, and you know why it's all right that you weren't sure of the person's name is because there are so many names out there. So it's hard to keep track of all these different names that you have to list off that have happened within recent memory. That's a shame all by itself right there. There is a laundry list of names all falling under the same category, unarmed, not doing anything illegal, yet losing their lives. It's a long list of folks, long list. Um, My final thoughts are this. And it goes back to something that you and I have been taught and many others have been taught. It's the same old colloquialism, if you will. Do unto others as you would like for them to do unto you. Just to piggyback off of what you were saying before before I gave my my final uh, words on this. That's really where it starts. Treat folks the way you want to be treated. If you start having that kind of a mindset, having that type of of thought process, things begin to change. I, I talked with, with, with my wife and, and the kids on Sunday night. We, we had two of the three here, and we talked to them for about an hour out on the back deck about what's going on in the world today. And, and we, we as families, black, white, Puerto Rican, Mexican, doesn't matter, Chinese, Asian, doesn't matter, we collectively need to have these continued pointed conversations to help some kind of change take place. We've got to realize that you cannot turn a deaf ear and expect things to just snap the fingers and it's done. It's not going to happen. That's really where it starts. We have to just continue to do what we're doing and start realizing the consequences of what we're not doing. Start understanding the reasons why the world is what it is. Start understanding the reasons why we're in the predicament that we're in right now. It's not about disrespecting a flag. It's not about looking at someone and getting a funny expression and and feeling as though you have to now kill the person or what have you. So much more than that. And it it doesn't have to be, but that's where we're at. I was watching... um, I think it was, um, it wasn't first take. It was the show that, that Shannon Sharp is on with. with um, Undisputed. Undisputed, thank you. And he went on about a good nine, eight, nine-minute diatribe about what it's like to be black in America. And if, I'm sure you probably saw it, but for the others that hadn't seen it, need to watch it. Because within eight, nine minutes, however long it was, Mandy, he hit some valid points, and and I wish I could rile them off. I can't because I don't want to do it the injustice that I would do to it because it was it was right on point. We just have to do more, and we have to we can't talk about it. We have to do it. It has to be something physical. It has to be something that is tangible, because speaking it, as you've seen with history, doesn't do enough. And and when Obama was elected, his his platform was it's time for change. It's 2020, and it's still time for change. 
but we have to be more in the physical sense of change, not in the verbal sense of change. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Um, I, I do. I'm glad you said that about Shannon Sharp. Um, I don't always agree with him. I don't always agree with Stephen A. But as black men um, that are visible, and both, you know, uh, we're all the three of us. Me and them are within a couple of years in age. Um, you know, I'm I'm usually highly critical, especially of Stephen A. when he speaks for the black community, and I feel like. I don't need you to speak for me, bro. I can speak for myself. I don't know that you're the one that I would want to represent us um, when he does that because he does do that frequently. But this was one time he did it. He did it well, and I got no problem with what he had to say. Same thing with Shannon Sharp. I'm proud of both of them. I'm proud of them using their platform, their sports platform, to make the points about what's going on to, you know, people of color in this community, even, even you know, things that they've experienced being celebrities and, you know, having more money than the average person, and they're not immune to, to the treatment of it. You know, Shannon, a while back, told a story about getting pulled over. And, you know, the guy didn't, one guy didn't know who he was. But the other guy walked up and said, you know who this is? Shannon Sharp. He's on TV and stuff, and pro football Hall of Famer. And then, of course, everything changed. He's like, he's like, but for those five minutes before the other cop recognized me, I was just a black, <clears throat> excuse me, I was just a black man, you know, and, and so I appreciate their, their comments. And, you know, I will add this to everything that I've said today is, you know, we need leadership. We meaning people of color, the black community. Um, I, I have no problem with Reverend Al and the things that he says and does. I have no problem when Jesse does speak up. Certainly love to hear Obama speak. Um, he's been a little more vocal lately. Thank you. Uh, President Obama, we miss you in, in, in Washington. But I don't feel that we have that go-to person. You know, I don't feel like, you know, when, when something like this happens, I think everybody goes to who they view as their leader to hear their comments. But we don't have a go-to person. You know, like like when Jesse was younger and Jesse was, you know, people gave Jesse a hard time and, okay, whatever, you, you expect that. But Jesse Jackson for a long time was that voice. We all waited. <laughs> Let's see, okay, oh, wow, look what happened. Okay, let's see what Jesse's got to say. You know, and Jesse's older now, and his son done tripped out, so it ain't going to be, you know, junior. <laughs> um, I probably shouldn't make fun, but, you know, he, he, he got himself into some trouble and then whatever, whatever. But who can step up and be a reasonable, rational voice that we can look to to say, you know, how do you feel about this, and what should our next steps be? I'm angry. You know, I'm angry. And I don't think we have that voice, and I hope we get that voice. And, you know, I would, I would think the person that is most equipped to do that is Barack Obama. I just don't know that he would want to do that. And I can't blame him because he was president. And it's like, how do you go from being a president and now you want to be, you know, the next Jesse Jackson? It's almost like his voice should be so much bigger and he should be doing much larger things than that. But then at the same time, is there anything larger? I don't know. I'm just spewing right now. I, I, don't, I don't know that leadership. In the meantime, we got we to do this from a local level. And speaking of that, I want to give a shout-out to my daughter. My oldest is having uh, a rally tonight, a peaceful one. I will be there. Um, told her I ain't going to stay long. 
because um, it's not, you know, it's not my thing. It's her thing. I don't, I don't, I don't do those marches and rallies and all that, but I'm going to go to support her. I'm going to make an appearance and, you know, mainly, you know, I want to make sure that she ain't going to get in no trouble, <laughs> but, um, she's been doing all the right things. She's coordinated it. She's got a good group of people working with her. Um, she's had communications with the police department and the mayor's office. And it seems that she's on her game and it should be a well-attended event. And this was all her idea. She said she was angry and she wanted to do something. And instead of sitting at home, this is what she's chosen to do. God bless her. I, I support her and her efforts. Um, my question still stands is what's next how I'm going to end this call with, or us, this call, conference call at work. I'm going to end the show with, I don't know. I don't have that answer. I would love to be a part of those conversations on any level. I would love to be a part of those conversations. Don't waste my time, though. I don't want to spend a lot of time on rhetoric. You know what's going on. We know what's been happening. What's the solution? If we don't know what the solution is, let's, admit that. let's just come out and call it like it is. Hey, I don't know how to fix this. Let's get some smart people together with the idea of coming up with a solution. Because until we have that, we're going to be back. I'll, I'll be doing another show in a few months. It'll be the next person. It'll be the next one. And I'll be back on here again saying, what are we going to do? And it'll be protests and, you know. I thought we got to figure out what it takes to send the message to these rogue law enforcement officers that have signed up to protect and serve all of us not to act this way towards people of color. How do we get them to understand that? And, and I keep saying I'm almost done, and I'm almost done. Most officers are good. I, I, you know, let's, let us not cast aspersions on the entire law enforcement force because there are bad eggs in, 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 in a dozen. Most law enforcement do it for the right reason. They love their communities. You know, they look for a good career. They go to school. They get their education, whatever. They join the academies, whatever, and they take the tests, and they do all stuff, and they – you know, and they, they get their badge. Most of them are good. Most of them are okay. How do we reach the ones that aren't? How do we reach the ones like Garvin? How do we reach them and make it so egregious of a crime that if you even think about racial profiling, you're in jail. You even think about doing something unlawful to a person of color. Just think about doing it and you're automatically incarcerated. See that movie, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Obviously, that's not ever going to happen. But theoretically, me and my brother grew up in a house where we even thought about doing something outside the boundaries. <laughs> Just the thought was a deterrent because we knew what our parents, mainly our father, would do to us if we got caught doing something we shouldn't be doing. So the deterrent was Arthur Floyd. What can we put out there that's an Arthur Floyd-like deterrent so that no matter what we get as bad eggs that slip through the cracks, and join law enforcement and got something up their ass for minorities, something up their ass for people of color, but they keep it in check because they don't want to risk whatever that severe penalty is. Severe penalty. I want to thank my brother for surprising me and joining me. I love you, bro. Um, I was actually going to text you and say, man, we ain't chopped it up in a while. So, you know, maybe over the next week or so we find some time and catch up on 
on everything else outside of this topic because, you know, <laughs> uh, we all live in our lives, and I like to keep up with what's going on with you, and I know you like to keep up with what's going on with me. So let's make some time to do that. So uh, uh, thank you for joining the show. And um, Absolutely. Love you, um, too. Appreciate it. Yeah, yep, yep. And um, look, let's, let's – uh, Everyone who's in a position to watch the memorial, it's at 2 o'clock. Um, you know, let's give the Floyd family, no relation, some love and some support. But then when it's said and done and, and, and you know, tomorrow comes, what are we doing to make a change? That's your, that's your question. That's what I challenge everybody. What are you going to do differently tomorrow that you didn't do today that will help us as a nation come together and address this? That's what I leave you with. All right, everybody. I always, I always end the show with all feuds will be settled on the field. Not gonna, I'm not gonna say that to guess, but, uh, I'm not gonna say that today because it's not, it's not appropriate. But I will say that I hope whatever it is that's making this happen gets settled, and that this can go away. That's my wish. Take care, everybody. We'll talk soon. Bop 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 b